Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, Farmer Chris. We are back for a few points from perfect. We're trying again, huh? We are, uh, we are down our co-host. Our, our Mr. Jason has, uh, well... We could probably do a whole podcast about what's going on, what's going on Jason. Uh, he's forgot where Indiana is. Well, I lately. think he has. He's stuck in Pennsylvania. We don't have the fancy board because yep. my I tried to use Gunner's headphones. Oh, Gunner's headphones. And Gunner's huh? headphones are not working right. So we're uh, we're hoping the audio is good. We're depending on the the, the Go. Uh, so I, I love GoPros. GoPros. I don't have the most faith in them. Yep. In long term recording. <laughs> so, <laughs> we might have to. Uh... There may be some beeping and some cuss before this is all done. So, but we're going to try to cover a topic that uh, we get asked a lot, a lot about on YouTube. Yep. And I think we should preface this with uh, neither one of us are experts. We are not experts. You so. haven't went to, uh, did you go to farming school? What is farming school? I went to Purdue for a year. For a year? And uh, they asked me not to come back. <laughs> <laughs> so that's so the that education I got. That automatically means you're not successful, well, I'm right? not successful. So no, I'm not, no drainage school. Uh, no I school. went to uh, two years of college to be a diesel mechanic. That's nothing to do with all. Well, it helps on the engine part of putting <laughs> okay. it in, but not the ground part. But yep. anyways, most of our, most of our numbers, facts, um, should we cover a little bit for people maybe not know our, our relationship? We can. Maybe we back can. up a little bit. So, so you've got uh, never. We've done it before, but uh, the first year. But this is the third year of this. Yeah, so. we got a lot of new people now, Chris. Yep. As yeah, you probably, probably well know. So uh, I guess this is going on. We've kind of known each other our whole lives. A whole life. Yeah. You're good Hopefully. friends with uh, the neighbor up here, Logger Way, Locker Partners, all through school. Yep. But uh, we really kind of become good friends. What about five years ago? Uh, four or five years ago. Yeah. Because uh, you farm here locally in the community. Uh, I was the construction company I was part of was building you guys a new church in Branchville. Yep, new church. Yeah. And uh, that right after we built that church is when I kind of transitioned over to heavier to excavating than building. And uh, you had a relationship with the previous excavator. Yep, which yep. was we had a good guy. We had a good excavator. Yep. He's uh, kind of got, I guess. Uh, Wayne kind of got for, more focused on the uh, hog barns and the turkey barns. Didn't he? he does. He does a lot of a lot of work for the turkey barns now. Uh, so you asked me to do a few small jobs on the farm. Kind of took off from there and uh, kind of an icebreaker and test run for both of us. Yeah, and your farm's grown. My company's grown. We've just yeah. kind of been on the same same path together, and we've been pretty good friends ever since. Yep. So, with that being said, uh, everybody always wants to know how many acres Chris farms. I'm going to answer for you. All of them. <laughs> <laughs> Um, are you comfortable giving a range like between a thousand and three thousand? That's a big range. It's a big range. <laughs> yeah. uh, we're pushing close to the three thousand mark, really close to three thousand right, mark. So and we might even break that this year. So you guys cover a lot of ground for yeah. just uh, basically it's your you and your brother, the two main ones. Yep. And then uh, dad is semi-retired. But he says semi-retired means we put him in a semi and he goes all the time. So. <laughs> but no, he's uh, semi-retired. You think we could ever get a podcast with your dad and get him to behave long enough? I don't know if we could or not. <laughs> I better leave the room. 
<laughs> we'll see the was the famous temple temper come yep, out. Yep. And then so, we've got one part time hired hand. It's yeah. I mean really part time. He's so. actually uh, come along pretty decent. I know he, he spends a lot of time in the truck. But yep. Whole point of that conversation is you guys cover a whole lot of ground. Yeah. Real when more. I say the acres, you know, three thousand acres. Um, that's the row crops and the hay. So. Now, to put this into perspective a little bit, 3,000 acres, people that farm in the Plain states or the other parts of Indiana, yeah. that's not much property. That may not be much. But property. how many parcels of ground is that 3,000 acres? I wrote uh, land rent checks on the 1st of December. I wrote 82 checks. So that's 82 different... 82 different landowners I, yeah. so I deal with. What would you say your average field site is, 20 acres? It was 8.3 until we picked up the farm in Rome. Yeah. So that's going to bump the whole operation up, but uh, we're still probably pushing 8. that 12.3 acres. 8.3 acres, average. average field size. That is crazy. You pull in with a 90-foot sprayer or a 30-foot planter, you make one round and fold it up and one. move on to the next one. Which, if you guys follow the YouTube channels, while, you, while we do a lot of openings and accesses uh -huh. and clearings, because you guys move and mobilize so much, the faster you can get it out of the field, the better off you are. Yeah, if we can get landowners uh, adjoining each other, knock out an old fence row, or just even make a hole in there, so we ain't got to take head off, we ain't got to fold up planters. No, we won't we, go too far down the other route, yep. but that's the grain operation. Yep. You guys are also uh, cattle. 120 head of cows. And then uh, along with the cows comes hay, straw. Hay, straw, and we're running 2,400 head of pigs. It's a lot. Yeah. And you're, uh, I still think your best YouTube videos yet, your first one you did. The very it. first one. I never even talked on <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> <laughs> Had an old feed tank at the hog barns. He sets the camera on the front of the uh, side by side, walks out, he mans the thing over, gets back, turns the camera on, drives yep. off. <laughs> and if anybody wants to see that, that's on a Farmer Chris YouTube yep, channel. Yeah, so you'll get checked. I will try to link that down below if you guys, uh, you don't post as regular as what I do or some nope. of the other ones do, but you get a couple videos out here. I try to get a couple out of here. Yep. I've got footage recorded, just editing is the biggest thing for me. It, so. it, that's well, I don't want to get off on a tangent here, but that's why my videos lag so far behind. Yes. Yeah. Because I, I may go a week without filming, I may go a couple weeks without editing, depending on what's going on, and by, by having those videos out, I can... I can be busy and still get a busy, still and still get, still get a good quality video out. You know, you yep. see some of these guys just trying to throw something up for a video. We're forced to throw something together. And if I ever get to the point where I can't keep up with that the other day, I'm gonna go back to every third day. Every, yep. In a heartbeat. But fortunately, we've had enough content to uh, keep it going. So, all right, talking circles here, but uh, circling back around to what everybody wants to know about is field tile. Why do we do it? How do we determine where it's gonna go? And what is the return on investment? Mm -hmm. I'm gonna let you jump off of, let's start off on the why. The why for us is uh, we're very rolling hills. So I'm gonna say 75% of our tile is ditches. Um, trying to get ditches, grass waterways in the field that we're having to either go around or pick up and go over. So we're paying rent on, we pay rent on our grass waterways. So for people that maybe not are really diverse in the tile world, there's basically two different types of tiling in my mind. One is like pattern tiling. Pattern tile. Pattern tile is what you see them do like up around uh, Zach Johnson, Millennial <laughs> Farmers, a lot of pattern tiling. They do do some pattern tiling around here, uh, out in Iowa, a lot yep. of those guys yep. pattern tile. I think Brian's Farming Videos has done some pattern tile. 
What they're trying to do is lower the water table. The water the field. table down. Yep. So they're trying to take the water table, which is how high the surface water or the groundwater is in the field, and lower it. Yep. So what Chris is alluding to is we have a lot of hillsides. We're on slopes. And to keep those fields from eroding, you leave a grass waterway, which you don't plant leave gla yep. grass. But what we found over time is as you farm up to that grass waterway, the ditch goes from the center of the grass waterway to the edges. Yeah, the grass gets taller, it acts as a buffer, and that silt comes that grass and then starts making little dams. So now you get two ditches 10 foot apart going down each side of the waterway. So then your grass waterway just keeps getting keep bigger getting and bigger. Water and water. you're playing rent on that, well, yes. you raise a crop off of yes. it or not. So what, uh, what we do a lot of times with the, I guess you call it the dam and riser method. Uh, the dry dams, yeah. So that is controlling surface water, not yes. groundwater. So we'll take a pipe, go up through there, put a riser in, put a dry dam in. That basically turns it into a reservoir. Yep, small reservoir. And you can plant pretty much We what, plant right up over them. 90% of that? Yeah, as long as you don't knock the uh, carrot down, <laughs> which is the orange risers. We get to call them carrots. Field carrots. Uh, we plant them right up against them and up over the dam. If, if the dam's made, there's two different types of dams, too. We make some that's pretty steep that we don't right. even farm. You just go around them. Then we make some uh, rolling dams that we can we plant right up over them. Um, so basically, that dam acts as a reservoir, holds the water, and then that carrot control releases it into yep. the pipe, gets down. Um, so a couple things. It controls erosion. Yes. The dam catches whatever settlement erosion you do yep. have, and then you can plant that entire right away. Yes. Um, and you may have some numbers there I don't know about, but so without ever actually going and picking up a new field over the course of the last five years, what have we maybe taken out 20, 30 acres of right-of-ways? Uh, the very first farm we did, um, I hate to mention the name, but uh, North sure. Interstate on the KC okay. farm. Yep. Uh, that was the first tile job we ever did. Big one, yeah. Big one. I think that was about 15,000 feet we put in. Yeah, and we dug that all in. We dug it with track hoe. And what work I done, we picked up about three acres on that one farm. What you were paying rent for and not getting nothing off of. For. So we took it from a 62-acre farm to a 65-acre farm, uh, plantable acres. So that's just plantable acres, but then by controlling the water, did you gain yield on... We gained yield, but more we gained efficiency because we was making longer passes. So basically you can plant more acres in less time. Yep. Yeah, we ain't picking up turnaround. We ain't got the round rows going up and around these ditches and, and instead of planting 100 feet and picking up, now we can plant 600 feet and then pick up the other end of the field. And that was four years ago? 22, was it? Spring of 20, I think, maybe. Okay, or so 20, be, spring of 20 or spring of 19. Yeah, somewhere in there. So you've, you've got a few years yep. on that farm. Because the first year we did it, was it prevent plant on that? that Because we had a little extra time to do it. Uh, yeah, we had some extra time. I don't know what it was. We might have had prevent plant there. Oh, yeah, I remember that there. So, so, that's, so that's an example of um, controlling surface yep. water. I mean, there was some wet spots on that when we tried to control some groundwater. Yep. Um, but, but, you know, to gain 14 acres or 14 acres, three acres? You know, we invested $14,000 in that farm in tile and, and labor and machinery. So it's going to take a while to pay it back if you count acres. But if you count time, and I don't know how to figure that time in to right. get a return on investment on that type of job. That's what makes it, uh, like on that particular job, that's what makes it really hard to put a pinpoint number on it. Because 
how do you figure in your efficiency? Yep. How do you figure in how you improve neighboring acres? Yep. I mean, it's easy to figure your 3.5 acres. And yeah, the three acres we picked up, yeah. And do return on that. What, so... But, you know, we had this farm. We've ran this farm since 1997, so we've been there several years. I think we're going to be there several years yet, so it's an investment I was willing to, to make right. for the farm. So do you have a number in mind whenever you decide to tile a farm, like I want to be uh, paid back in five years or... As we get down the list, it looks like five years is going to be a, a pretty good number. Pretty good number. Yeah. That's kind of the ultimate, yep. the ultimate goal. Um, so I don't want to get too far off base here. But just re- this, this brings up a comment I just got okay. here recently. It's our, uh, it's our famous tree up here on the Harlan Place. Okay, yep. So oh, people- boy. <laughs> yep. So give you guys a little bit of background here. Chris picked up a farm here close to town, or close to home, and there was one random poplar tree. Yeah, it was out there by itself. Out in the middle of the field by itself. Huge tree. Um, What a lot of people didn't catch in the video, which I said, is Logger Wade had actually marked the property for logs. Yeah, they they, And they they didn't want this tree. They did not want it. It it was too far gone. There was was no value of the tree. Yep. Um, So Wade basically told us, push it over, push it along the old woods and, and let it be natural habitat. Yep. So the guy basically called us idiots for taking the tree down the tree. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of value to that tree. The tree, the tree wasn't hurting anything and all we did was take an oxygen away mm-hmm. from the world and murdered trees and all this, that and the other. So I wish we had a yield map. I know it's a podcast, but yep. I wish we had a yield map we can show them. So one, if you leave this random tree in the middle of that field, yep, it's probably taking Close to an acre away of useless or farmable ground. You know, uh, it's more than just the trunk of that tree. Because the root base is as big as the top, right. if not bigger sometimes. And we can show yield maps, especially you get into a drought year. You can see where the roots are sucking water out of the ground. So, you know, I think probably, probably covered 300 feet oh, circle, yeah. you know, underground. It's not that going around it ain't that hard. My planner, well, we fly aerial fungicides, so now. How's the airplane going to treat this field with a big tree? But just the underground root mass, this thing's sucking water away from the crop and nutrients. So The other thing I want to point out is it's not like we're taking this tree out and putting a concrete house there. No. You're putting more plants back. Yes, putting, uh, yeah, there's several plants going. Going back. Is. I mean, between yeah. cover crops and, and then your actual plants. So, I mean, in, in some ways, we're returning it to nature. It's just a more usable form of it's, it's for us yeah it's for ag it, industry it's it's more usable do your do your corn plants take co2 and make oxygen uh, actually the midwest is the biggest co2 user in the world just from the corn it's better than the the rainforest in really south america yes <laughs> it's uh i don't know those those comments just cracked me up because they're so one-sided they on, are yeah it's and uh, that's what ag is fighting all the way the whole industry year round. uh you know I, I can see where they're i don't want to discredit their thought process i can see where they're coming mm-hmm. from but it's clearly they have no research or yeah or have no uh no links to what they're what they're talking about or no education behind yep. their statements yep is what i should say so so on that farm you know we talked about tile placement there we was going up ditches and putting dry dams now we do have two farms i got here one was a total swamp nine and a half acres oh is that the williams the williams and the other one you did not record but it's about a 
15 acre field and had about two acre wet yeah. hole in the middle. Let's talk about Williams' first because I do have a video on that one. Yeah, you do have a video on and that And I think the name of the video, I'll try to link it in my in this description, but the name of the video is if this field don't make a believer out of you, no, oh. none of them will. It was a tile job. Yep. Uh, that was... Interesting. That was interesting. That was a swamp. <laughs> that was a swamp hole now. That's the field you got like 10,000 comments saying you just need to plant rice. Plant rice. But you don't plant rice in the mud. <laughs> That's the thing. <laughs> so You mean more uneducated comments? Yes. Guys? Yes. Uh, so, uh, nine and a half acre field, we put in 872 feet, eight inch, and 1,400 feet, a six inch. Do you mind? I don't even remember. You know how much that cost us? I cost us, cost you. I didn't pay for any of it. It's about $4,000 worth of tile. $4,000 worth of tile. And I looked up your bill, it was $1,900. Damn, I'm cheap. Yes, you was on that part. So <laughs> that must have um, been the volume discount at the end of the year. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So you know, I figured uh, six thousand dollars investment on that nine and a half acres. We put that one in pretty quick. We were only there what day and we a half? day and a half. Yeah. yeah, we had a lot of help. So, um, so six thousand six thousand dollars six thousand dollars on nine and a half acres. The first year I planted that farm was twenty nineteen. No tile. It raised 53 bushel an acre corn. That's that's a loss, right? That's like a total loss. 2020, no tile, 75 bushel an acre. Well, that's an improvement. No tile yet, though. No tile. We put it in the spring of 21. 21 yielded 159 bushel an acre. Holy cow. Just by putting tile on nine and a half acres. And we did not pattern tile. No. We just had to hit the few... Yeah, we uh, spots that was controlled some ditches and hits. Yep. Like I said, this 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 video is on YouTube if you yep. guys want to see this field. So if you average 19 and 20 together, 21 beat those two years by 95 bushel an acre. $6 corn, I got $570 an acre benefit out of tile. That's a one-year payback. <laughs> you need some more fields like that. I need more fields like that, so... And, you know, then we come back with this year with soybeans and uh, done 56 bushel an acre, which ain't great, but it's... No, it but I mean, uh, what, 180 to 200 bushel corn's good here? Uh, 180 is good corn. 180 is yeah, good corn, yeah. and then 60 bushel beans is pretty good. Really, really good. So, so 50 in, in 21 with the 50, 157 on corn so was a yeah. pretty average rainfall year. Yes, it was. Yeah. 22... We were dry. We were dry. Yeah. So that's another people thing always people talk about with tile is you put all that tile on the ground, you have to drought, you're yep. going to ruin your crop. But that's not the way it works. No, I mean, you're only dropping the water table to where the tile is. Right. And it you're means getting that that we, excess water. It means that we did not pattern tile. There's still a bunch of water sitting there. So your water table is going to sit right there where that tile is. Right. You know, if we're putting tile... 24 inches deep in we're controlling the moisture in the top 24 inches. you guys also got to think of the ground and different soil types behave different ways but the ground's a big sponge yes it is it's going to hold all the moisture it can until it can't take no more and then it'll give it to the tile yeah so there's a lot of moisture absorbed in that ground before it ever makes it that tile so basically that tile deals with with excess water is the best way to describe it yep so that was a, uh, you know, we put that tile in, and the very first day, that thing was gushing water out. Um, it was pretty interesting. That one ditch, we put that double eight inch, kept caving in on us, because it was just that was a, quicksand type stuff. That was a nice one. We took a big tree. I don't think I videoed. Did I video taking that big tree down there? Did you take it down or did it fall over? 
I did fall over. That's right. Yeah, Aaron was standing there talking to you and just fell over. <laughs> it about landed on the 140. Yeah. That was just yeah. about an insurance claim. Yeah. I don't think I did get it because of that. I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. You dug great a little big bit. Old, great big old sycamore tree, and we dug all the way around it. And I was going to push it over, and I went to set my camera up. Whenever I turned my back to it, it fell over on its own. It fell over. That's that's crazy. I was, And that was a sycamore, and they can be a booger. Oh, so. usually those things don't come out of there. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a mess. So the uh, next field, we, we tiled this spring. Yeah, so this one here, um, if you guys go back on my channel, there's a flyover video of this field on the uh, review video I did about a year ago. Yep. Uh, whenever I was going through reviewing different jobs. Yep. Actually, that Williams's field is on there with corn yes, in that is. review video. Yep. And there's a flyover of this video. And this... Uh, Whenever I did the review video on the tile plow, mm -hmm. it was sitting on this job. Yep. But we'd done, we'd done filmed 100,000 feet of field tile, yeah. so I didn't even film this one. Yeah, it was kind of a last-minute thing this year. Uh, yeah, and it was uh, kind of a slam-bam, thank yep. you, ma'am. You and Matt done it one day and, and was gone. So. Yeah. It was about 1,400 feet of tile we put in. And this one here was a groundwater issue. Yes. There was no grass waterways. Mm -hmm. There was no nothing. There was water. Whenever we say groundwater... Uh, there was actually water coming up out of the ground. I call them winter springs, but this one here tend to be a summer spring. Yeah, this was a yeah, it was a year-round spring. So, this is just the big field, fourteen hundred feet of six inch, and your bill. So we got about thirty-five hundred dollars in that field. Yeah, I mean, but I think, it's a, I think it's like be, a twenty-acre field. And we only had to concentrate on two acres. Yeah, of, and we and I would say we probably pattern tiled that two acres. Yes, yeah, you, we put some laterals in there. Yeah, and. Put that in perspective with the tile plow, Matt and I did this in about six hours. Yes. Yeah, you, you knocked it out pretty good. So, um, You know, in that two-acre pocket, we were raising 70 bushel corn. We had 28 bushel beans in there. I mean, this is if we could get it planted. And there's you, years you didn't get anything planted in there. There's, there's, there's holes in it. And if we did get it planted, it just rotted in the ground, the seeds, so. You come this year, you get 71 bushel soybeans off of it. That's two acres we're paying rent on, non-productive. We're actually losing money because we're putting the seed, we're putting the fertilizer, we're putting the chemicals there and not getting nothing off of it. I think one thing worth mentioning on this one is you also keep a landowner happy. Yes, yeah. And that's what a lot of them are is, uh, is the landowner appreciates what, we're, what right. we're in there doing. It adds value to their property. Right. Well, and you run. get you actually get a return on property you're renting, whether you get value out of it. Or yeah, not. if I can rent another five years, I've got my investment back. So you think that will be a that's pretty close to a one year payout on that? I come up with five point three. Five point three. Yeah. On the oh, I guess it'd be in two acres. What yep. is, is it a fifteen acre field altogether? Uh, it's about a twenty acre field there. Is that big? Yeah. You probably already said that. I wasn't paying attention, Chris. You know, I just took the soybeans we planted. We've started planting this field in twenty fifteen. We've had four years of beans on there, average 48 bushel. You take 22 at 71 bushel, that's a 23 bushel advantage. $14 beans, you know, that's, that's where we come up there. And it's a, a five-year payback on that two acres. I didn't divide it amongst, the, amongst whole the whole farm. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say you're probably getting some benefit from that, too, because that water was running all the way down across the top of oh, yeah, the yeah. field. Yeah, the, the off fall over. Once we cut it off, then it... Are we going to talk about the neighboring field that didn't go so well? 
I was going to leave that up to you. So that's that's probably like a little two-acre triangle field. Oh, and that thing has been a bear for seven years for us. We've been farming it. So to give everybody a perspective how these lays, I'll try to get a visual for the people listening, but there's a 20-acre field, and there's a two-acre field, and there's a ditch that runs down between them. Same yep. landowner. Yep. And the two-acre field had the same problem the 20-acre field did. It's got this spring right in the middle of it. It's got a spring that just pours out at the base of the hill. We plowed a six-inch tile above it, which usually if you come in above it, you can intercept it. You can cut that vein off. Cut yep. that vein off. We plowed a six-inch tile straight up through it. Yep. And then we plowed another six-inch tile over to another little wet spot, which is irrelevant to this conversation. That thing's still pumping water out of the ground. Where the water comes out of the ground, we got two six-inch tiles within a foot of that. And I'm talking, it's just pouring out. And then we cannot get water in that tile. Or the, to- the holes ain't big enough. And we even dug it up once, put a bunch of rock and gravel down in there. He, Matt dug it up. It smelled like rotten fish down there, he said. Yeah, so we're going to have to go back and um, the pipe's in the ground. We just got to figure out how to get the water in the pipe. We're going to figure out how to get the water in the pipe or find the vein or the, the soil's so tight it's not moving yeah. far. Um, so, yeah, that one there is not, <laughs> there's not paid off No, yet. it has not paid off. <laughs> it has not paid off. We'll, uh, we'll eventually get there one way or another. So... Uh, but that kind of goes into, you know, grass waterways is obviously mm-hmm. one spot plan on going to tile. Uh, this other field you're talking about is, is just random wet spots. Hitting we do that a lot. Spots, yep. um, I can't remember the name of the video, but it's the one uh, up there by the water tire. Uh, where oh, okay. The, yep. You guys, you guys literally had water coming out of the ground on top of a hill. Yes. Ain't that crazy? At top of the hill it comes out. Craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. It's, uh, what happens around here, we got these tall hills. And the water gets underground and creates pressure. It gets down in these low areas. Mm-hmm. It'll just find a random seam, pop right up out of the yeah, ground. I don't know if it's falling a rock ledge or a rock seam or something. It's diverting. A lot of times, that Williams property is a prime example. A lot of times, you get down there and there'll just be a random layer of rock down and there. They have just layer of gravel. gravel. Yep. And it'll be following, following along with it, and you'll just sit there and chase it. Or, or ideally, you can get the tile laid in there right at that yep. level. Yep. That. Uh, that works works pretty pretty good. So, I'm gonna. Do you dig it in? Do you plow it in? Do you trench it in? Oh boy, you're really gonna get the comments stirred up now, ain't you? <laughs> what works best in our area? All the above. All the above. There you go. Um, so, you don't see a whole lot of trenchers here in Southern Indiana. A few. No, there's. Um, is it Wagner's? They have one, don't they? Yes, they do. Yep. Um, okay, so... Okay, here we go. Here we go. Um, obviously, in the beginning, we dug a lot of it in because it's the only method we really had. That's all we had, yes. Um, but it's slow. It's slow. You're disturbing a lot more ground than what you need to. Even with a two-foot bucket, we was... And... Uh, you, no matter how careful you backfill, you st- there's a lot bigger risk to damage than that. But and that was another thing. There's a lot of. T- if I dig in, I will only put six inch or bigger in. Right. It just seemed like that four inch. I've had the, the some six inch works really well. Eight inch gets big enough. But even like you said, you put eight inch in. If you collapse half of it, you still got a four yep. inch tile. Four inch is just so flimsy. I mean, it didn't take much dirt to yeah to collapse it. Up. So, uh, and we still dig some in based on. The length, the location, how much is going in, and if there's equipment on the job, already. if there's equipment on the job side, I mean, 
some places you just can't get the field out the plow into. Yep. Um, so then you get into trenching or plowing. Um, the biggest argument between trenching and plowing is smearing the side of the ditch. <laughs> uh, a lot of people say if you plow it in, you um, smear the sides of the ditch, which seals off all the water veins and the water can't get into the pipe. I can't speak for everybody's soil type, but the way our plow works, and that's why it's called a plow and not a ripper. I yeah. think that's a big misconception is that plow lifts that dirt. So where it don't really, it kind of breaks it up as it lifts it and it don't mm -hmm. really seal it off. At least in our dirts and clays, it don't seem to seal it off very well. And like you said, when we're hitting these random gravel shelves, mm -hmm. you can't smear gravel. I you mean, can't smear gravel. If that water goes vertical down to hit a, a gravel seam, then it's gonna move horizontal. And nine times out of 10, um, that water, that water, if you smear it, that's still gonna be the weakest point for it to blow back through and, and get back, back down to that yep. pipe. Um, some people like trenching because they can actually see the pipe and mm -hmm. they can confirm their grade and everything on it. Uh, I don't really see the advantage of that. I mean, if you see that tile plow and if you got grade control on it, yep. and what I have figured out is what we do is way more accurate than just about anybody else. What everybody else is happy with, yeah. Yeah, I mean, everybody else is happy with a couple inches. Like, we're down to a half inch. Yeah. Um, which, and Which is way more accurate than digging. I mean, we were right. pretty accurate digging, but you just get that It's not. Wavy I mean, I don't care how good you yeah. are. You're going to jump over a rock. You're going to get in a hurry because you got yeah. footage to get in. Um, but what I really like about plowing is... Uh, especially after going to make these connections and digging this up time and time uh -huh. again. Man, that pipe lays in there nice. Because your plow's got that round bottom yeah. on the plow. So. Most, most tiles have a V-bottom. And the, re the reason they have a V-bottom is they can plow different size pipe and use the same bottom. Same trench. And um, AS, is it ASE? ASM. ASM standard said it has to be supported in three places. Okay. So the two bottom points count as one and the dirt on top count as one. Oh, see. Um, some people argue that us putting in six inch tile with an eight inch round bottom is an issue. But what we found is, as you tile through there, just enough dirt comes back around it. Sorry. It really, man, it- It seems like it hangs in there. It, I mean, it's just laying in there nice. Uh, it lays in there real yep. nice. So the way the tile's protected, I don't think we've had, we've been pretty fortunate. We've had, I think of one tile of yours, we had to go two tiles. Yep. One of them I know for sure. Uh, it was that uh, one down there, just on the just over the hill from your house? Uh, that wet spring we caught coming out of the woods there. Oh yeah, yep. Uh, yeah. We collapsed that one, which that was a dozer. I think we done with the Jerry did it with Jerry. The, yeah, Jerry. We're gonna put that on Jerry. For sure. <laughs> yeah, I like when he went up that dry dam that back of that dozer. He went up the dry the dam, and whenever he backed down, the dozer come in, and he just happened to be right on top yep. of the trench. And then down here on Werner's, we had one. Yeah. Uh, Clemens got that on his. Clemens got that on his camera. I don't know if we ever even collapsed it. I think we had a stick or something. I think through. we had a stick, or there was a varmint bore hole through the dam. So knock on wood, we haven't collapsed a whole lot of pipes. Yep. Yeah, we've done good. But uh, you go back and dig up them plowed in tight pipes, yep. and man, they they really look nice. And the final thing on plowing, uh, obviously a trencher makes less of a mess to clean up versus a, a, a digging digging excavator. Yep. But yep. man, that tile plow. Yeah, if you just let Mother Nature take care of it, you got time to let Mother Nature take care of it, man, I think it lays back in there really it just, nice. It's just like it folds back up, and, and if you want to hit it with a tillage tool yep. lightly or 
Uh, I know the big job we did down at Rome, we didn't even probably put any tillage on it. We just yeah. walked them in with the, the, the uh, dozer and then he ran a, uh, like called a packer or something yeah. over it, called a mulcher. Um, we did pull a, a vertical tillage tool down just to help him out. But uh, but uh, that's... Um, it doesn't seem like there's as much settled swag with a, you know, come two years later. Right. You can't hardly tell what that plow's been through there. No, no. Which, because uh, some of these pipes we put in a while back, the ex or the excavator, you can still kind of feel There's a little, there's a little settlement there, yeah. But the tile plow, you can't hardly see, um, can't hardly see anything. So, and the other thing is, um, there's no faster method than a plow. Oh, you was putting her in there. I mean, if, um, what I'm comfortable doing, is if we got to hold a really tight tolerance, I'm right at a mile an hour, uh, is where we can travel, yep. maybe just under. But like some of these, uh, like this last one we just did for you this fall, where we're plowing up the side up of the hill. hill, I mean, you two can, and a half, you, three mile an hour. You walk right along with it, can't you? <laughs> we'll just, yeah. we'll just, as fast as we can get it to go down the pipe, about down the plow, we'll go with it. Now, that's all using judgment of where we're yeah. at. Like that main run we did up through there took yep. us a lot longer than those laterals because, you know, the grade control was a lot more crucial on it. But And I don't know, I've not had no experience with a trencher. But the only downfall I can see with a mounted plow is the steering. Yeah, yeah. Other than that, you have moved right along with everything. Yeah, and so we get that comment a lot. Why don't you make it steer why don't you make it do like this? an udder or something yeah or but it's to keep it simple stupid method yeah. um yeah. just to put this in perspective a little bit i don't want to get too far off base here but if i bought a pull type plow you're looking at about 60 grand if i was going to put any type of grade control on you looking at another 20 grand so you're gonna be 80 grand into this thing yep uh we got between the grade control and the plow itself we got about twelve thousand dollars in mind and I've not watched a lot of video. Can they turn some with a pull-type plow? I mean, is there enough? They can turn a little bit better than I can just because they can. They got the they, hitch pin. Well, they got more leverage because they're oh, farther out in front yeah. of it. And they'll kind of scoot the tires. Yep. But, um, I mean, with a tractor, yes, because your front tires will pull you over. Pull but around. with a track machine, You're not much better. Yeah. But we don't, I can't make sharp turns, but I can make swooping turns. Yep. We've always got the excavator on the job. Yeah, you're, you're digging your start holes or putting your T's or your risers. It's just, just not a huge... You guys grab that blade and It's that just pull. not a huge deal to kind of hinge the dozer around a little bit, get you pointed in the right direction and... And take off. Take off with it and that 850, that 850J pulls that, pulls that plow pretty well. But uh, it's, um, that's been a good addition yeah. to the fleet. Obviously, you know, I, I think in voice your opinion here, I think you even had this concern a little bit before we had one big machine on the job, which was the 120 or the 140, yep. and everything else is just kind of support equipment. Obviously, now we got two big machines on the job. Yep. We got an excavator and a dozer, but I think we found that the pipe goes in fast enough, and there's less cleanup. That oh, it justifies the extra cost. You still got to find that. Like your last job you did up there for you, you know, I don't know if we would have pulled the dozer in just for that, but the dozer was already there. We had that clearing job because we had that clearing job, and that was the beauty of your. You're plowed. You can yeah. get that thing on and off in no time and multi Yeah, we, uh, we pushed brush in the morning, put the plow on there, plowed the pipe in, pulled yep. the plow back off, and started building dams with it all in 12 hours. And I've got a number on that clearing job. Oh, up there? Yep. So, you know, we discrepancy see if it is five acres. I did not measure it out. Uh, so, to reference this one, this is the one that Upstate Brush Control helped, helped on. 
And I think the title of the video on my channel is Jerry's back and he's gone crazy or oh, something. Oh yeah, he went at it. <laughs> he was murdering trees. So if we're at five acres there, we clear, you know, we, we invest about thousand dollars an acre clearing so, that. Uh, I don't think it's five acres. So. I don't think it either. So that raises the price per acre. I think acre. it's 3.9. Uh, did you do some measuring? <laughs> uh, John from Upstate Brush. Oh, did he? Okay. <laughs> but you know, we took, uh, for us, probably $3,000 an acre value ground. Yeah. And now it's five or $6,000 an acre value. So just what you paid to clear it by the, the increase in value to the ground, Raise value you've got ground. your investment yep. back. And not only that, you had ground you could not use for nothing else. Oh, it was worthless. You couldn't even use it for storage. Yeah, yeah, it was worthless. It was brush. So it's all about the return on investment there. Right. So it looks like we're spending a lot of money on tile and clearing. And, but there is a it's it's a return investment somewhere for us well obviously you wouldn't do it if there wasn't a reason yep. um a reason behind it um i don't know how much you want to talk about this but i'm going to ask you anyways so the clearing job and the tile job we did this fall was the first job i can remember doing for you big job mm -hmm. on property you actually own yep so a lot of those other jobs we do is on rented property yes so do you protect yourself? How do you, I mean, I know, I know you're a little bit different because you treat rented property as your own property yes. and try to take care of your landowners. Um, and that's one thing when we rent ground, we tell them we're going to treat it like it's our own. Right. You know, we don't go in and try to mine out nutrients or. So by having this track record of investing in properties, mm -hmm. does that help you attract new landowners? I think it does. They see what you're doing. See. or the word gets out yeah. right because uh, i'm thinking of uh the one property we videoed that one didn't we uh where you planted corn out for the first time this year up there at uh, mount pleasant oh yes yep uh that was a little pain in the butt to get into yep yep um, no you was aiming for me to video it not ever brought the camera is that what happened yeah it didn't get videoed either <laughs> everybody always says there ain't you video everything you do there ain't nothing no. you do that you don't video here's your yeah <laughs> yeah that one did not get videoed but that that turned out to be a very nice farm and that was uh that had a split on it yep. uh, what there was only what maybe three thousand feet of pipe on it wasn't a whole lot we went after a couple risers and and one two wet spots right or seeps uh and the other guy that was farming it was a very well-known farmer does a yes, great job does a great job uh but you come in there and offer to do a few things and well he got caught with his his pants down i guess you know he went in and done a bunch of tillage last spring which softens the ground then he got stuck with late harvest and he up. had some ruts cut in there and landowner wasn't happy with it so which i mean it happens yeah it happens uh we've done the same thing but right. you just gotta you gotta know your landowners pick your battles and i knew this landowner don't like that so i mean through that drought i said we got to go there and get that harvested right this landowner you know well Sometimes they don't say nothing. Maybe they're thinking something, but it's never brought something to so them. So is that another advantage of tile is, is giving you more of a window for harvest in Oh, the fall? yes, for sure. Yeah, keep that Avoid those. Yep. I never even thought about that, to be honest with you. Yep. Is, uh, and the no-till is a big thing. Just you keep that ground firm. I mean, we can, and you pick your crops, you know, corn stubble, corn stalks is going to have more stuff to carry your weight versus bean stubble, bean. which gets really soft and spongy in a hurry so that's if you guys don't know farming very well that's why a lot of farmers try to get their beans in first because yep. you can harvest corn in a lot more adverse conditions oh we can harvest corn and uh we we've showed corn snow well you can show corn mud wetter wetter conditions for sure a lot another thing for the beans is the daylight you know right. you've got longer daylight 
corn we can show at night wet rainy mist snow and keep going late in the year on it it don't matter if the plant's dry because it'll still feed through the it'll machine still feed through. machine all right yeah i wish you would have videoed that one now because that one ended up being i mean you probably got close to a minimum of five-year investment on that one maybe return oh quicker than that yeah quicker than that and you know he uh we've got a good deal on that so every tile on every job has got a different uh investment or yeah, different I want, uh, I guess. Um, I don't want this to sound conceited, so stop me if it does. But uh, as you already pointed out, this landowner is pretty proud of his property. Yes, keeps he keeps it is. very well nice. Yep. And um, I think that's what helps with you and I's relationship. As you know, I'm not going to go in there and destroy his property and get you started off on the wrong foot yep. right after the battle. I mean, I spent... 30 minutes kind of talking through him what was yep. going to happen what to expect and i was more nervous on that job worrying about his driveway than i was worried about the field oh, because we wet and soft and i just <clears throat> i had to back in what a quarter mile down a yeah, one lane gravel yeah, road and right into his front yard right into his front yard and unload and i was a nervous wreck for a while but he understood what was taking place and things well and i tried better. to uh i tried to tell him what to expect a little bit yeah and I figured we had a one over by about halfway through. He realized we weren't a fly-by-night no, operation. We'd, and we'd done a pretty good job there. And he was pretty happy with everything, which goes yep. a long ways a, a lot of You time. know, that was going to start off with a two-year trial run plan and put investment into it, and we got a five-year deal out of it now. So Yeah, which I, I guess I'm trying to go around full circle here. I'm yeah. doing a horrible job at it, but that's the way you can almost use field tile as a sales tool. Yes, you can. Because, you know, you can go into these fields, you know what would happen if we put tile on them. You yep. can offer that as an option over maybe somebody else. Some we got landowners that pays part of it, half of it. Some landowners, we pay the full bill, but then you make adjustments on the rent and right. other arrangements offset that. So I should be putting a five-year contract probably on them to protect my butt, but... Farming's um, I do a lot of things by handshake with a lot of my landowners. Farming's a little bit different, though. Uh, I mean, everybody, it's a pretty close-knit community, and it's cutthroat, but yep. everybody within reason respects everybody's territories. That respects makes, other people. It's, it's yeah. really up to the landowner to make Yeah, the landowner makes the move, yeah. Yeah, the landowner yep. makes the decision. Um, and, you know, I, I work for a lot of different farmers around here, and I just kind of keep my nose down and keep doing what you need to do do what i need to do and keep everybody keep everybody uh happy so i'm gonna switch subjects on you here a little bit and i don't know when you guys will see this on the podcast probably sooner rather than later but we actually did about a seven acre um land clearing job on our personal oh yep yep um and I know Chris is nice enough to share some of his numbers, but one thing we usually don't do on the channel is share the cost of stuff. Yep. Because I don't feel like that's my number to give out. That's actually the customer's number yep. to give out. And I don't want to be blabbing the customer's numbers and, and, and a whole different thing. So uh, you guys will see coming up on my channel fairly soon. We did um, seven acres. Um, it's a little bit skewed because we actually started this job seven years ago. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it was a long time coming on this job, wasn't it? But uh, what we did this time going forward was uh, $22,000. Okay. So it cost us $22,000 to take seven acres that was non-tillable, non-farmable, 
hillside, valleys, just a mess, and turn it into farm ground. Yep. And a lot of the money on this one was not clearing the trees and the stumps. It was actually moving dirt. Uh, yeah, because you had some of the topsoil already pulled back. Yeah, well, it was, we moved about 15,000 yards of dirt. We moved a lot of dirt to make this happen. Um, and I was going over our financial plan with our, uh, far, the guy, Chris, for you guys that don't know, Chris don't farm our family farm. Your family farm here. Uh, the family has about 500 acres we rent out to another individual. Uh, we have for years. I don't have control over that, and, and they've done us a good job. Yep. It's kind of like respecting territories. Yep. Now, the property that Jen and I own, you do farm. We was already farming it when you bought it. Right. So, so uh, Rick, my Uncle Rick, which runs the family farm now, and then uh, Garrett, which is the, the guy that farms our farm, which Chris is friends with also, uh, we were just kind of running some numbers for the heck of it, and we are set up on a one-thirds, two-thirds. Mm-hmm. So um, we own the property. Garrett pays all the input cost, and then at harvest time, we get one-third of the crop, they get two-thirds of the crop. We've done that for years and years. Since 1982. Um, and um, the farm actually paid, the har- our family farm actually paid for 100% of the work. It's just the way the, the, re- the arrangement worked. Well, you're going to go return on it also. like. Yeah. Well, to your point, we took... Fifteen hundred to two thousand dollar farm ground or swamp ground, swamp ground, which is in a floodplain and can't be yeah. used for anything else. It was just you had to buy it because it came with everything else and turned it into four thousand to forty five hundred dollar farm ground. Productive ground. Yep. So right off the bat, you got that investment. And running some numbers with Rick, if you take the last five years average and apply it to that seven acres, it's four and a half year return. Is it? Yeah. It seems like a lot of our numbers, you know, it's going to run around that five-year return right. on some tall or clear. Um, and then, again, coming up on the channel, we did another job for Garrett. I don't want to say the actual price of that because that's Garrett's. Garrett's, yep. But it's very similar in price, and it was about four acres. Um, so let's just say for random numbers, it was 20 grand for four acres. Yep. He reaps 100% of the benefits of that. Yep. And he's, he's hoping to be at a three-and-a-half-year return on that. Um, so, and then again, the property value. The property value is a hidden. A hidden and and you can drive down the road here and just see the. I've heard people talk about yours. I haven't been down here past this one, but the, my brother John went by and he said, boy, it makes a difference down there. <laughs> it takes, uh, well, and you go back to efficiency. So we own a field, Garrett owns a field, we own a field. He can drive a mile and a half of the planter down the river. Yeah. Never have to pick up and turn around and come back. That's efficient. Yeah, that's efficient. You can cover a lot of ground in a in a short period of time. Um, so that's, you know, we're not out here killing trees or taking out swamp yeah. ground for no reason whatsoever. Um, and I'm going to translate this into one more thing. You know, I just posted the video about removing the beaver dams. Yep. And uh, people are getting all over me about their creatures, and they need to have habitat too, and they need to do there's this places and that. for them. There's places for them, and. Here's what it comes down to. They had seven acres on our farm flooded. Probably costing us about 20 grand a year. Mm-hmm. They ruined probably $300,000 worth of timber. So if you like them so much, let me know where you live. Yeah, we're, I'll set them up in your bedroom, let them live there for we're free. We're trying to trap them and get them <laughs> to you. Let them live there for free, not pay yeah. rent, and keep taking money out of your pocketbook. Yeah. We've, you know, I've been farming this area, they were born and raised here. 
I don't ever remember the last five years beaver damage has really ramped up. I don't ever remember being beavers around. You know that why thing. I think it is? Because the DNR has started forcing them out of the government ground. Oh, have they? Uh, they've they've done a lot of different things over here at Rainbow Pay Lake and Mogan Ridge. They've done a lot of stuff up around. Um, is it Dry Lake? Dry right? Lake, yeah. Um, which yeah. one's down there by Carter Valley? I call it Dry Lake or Walking Lake. Dry Lake. Yeah. They've been uh, been down there. They're causing a lot of damage on the on the national farm or national Hoosier right? National Forest, and they've been trying to relocate them. And for us down here on the river. Uh, the river is a highway farm. Yes. Oh, yeah. So we're always going to have them down here. It is what it is. But with that, with you know, and I try to do the most humane way possible. I'll dig their dam out and give them a chance to swim on. Yeah. They don't want to swim on. And um, about 50-50, about 50% 50 of the time they'll leave and relocate themselves. Yep. And another 50% of the time you got to, well, go against their will. <laughs> yeah, we've got two creeks, uh, Deer Creek, which runs past years in Jenna's property. Mm -hmm. The uh, locks and dams keeps the water Back actually up. backed up year round, so they don't even need to build a dam. They're just there. But they make slides or slicks out there. And the you know, if we got a cornfield there, they can wipe out. We got a three acre field on you and a creek bottom. And if we show half of it, sometimes we're lucky. From the beavers. From the beavers. It's crazy. Eating corn. And then they go all the way up Oil Creek, which comes off the Ohio River, and they're up there probably 14 or 15 miles. Just anywhere we get corn along there, they're just, they cut corn like it is timber. And I mean, they, and it's their food source. I did the same thing to uh, Garrett down here on that field across from camp from us. Oh, yeah. They, they wiped out that whole bottom half. You yeah. see them sliding up and down the banks and just. Yeah, they just make slicks. And just well, they like also a, use the corn stalks as their dam. Is it dam? I've yeah. heard food. But yeah, it looks like a big old slip and slide for them when they go back in the creek. So. And I, I have nothing against the beavers. If they want to mind their own business, they can live for free. But as yeah. they start costing us money, uh, it, it starts to become an issue and and if they're honestly I've left dams down here for years because if they're minding their own business they're not back they're back on water up too far right because like that big ditch going down to camp yep I can build one heck of a dam in there and not cause anybody any trouble but once it gets to a point to where it starts taking up farm ground yeah and, and it may take so. them two or three years to get to that point so we'll let them go as long as we can we're not completely inhumane don't have any feelings but at some point enough's enough yeah but you know, we got squirrel damage, coon damage around the edge of the woods. You get rabbits don't do much. Deer is our biggest. Especially the beans. Especially beans. They can wipe out. We've got a 70-acre uh, farm in Crawford County that's surrounded like 6,000 acres of woods. You don't plant beans on that farm. <laughs> <laughs> they, they can wipe out 70 acres of beans in no time. Ain't that crazy. So, and we did get uh, what they call depredation permits where we could go through you know may june and control july we've got so dang busy we can't even yeah control that anymore so uh so i guess that just puts you planting corn up there most of the time we plant corn and we're going to try uh milo or what we call sorghum so we're going to try that this year and see how they see how they do with it but for some reason corn can outgrow their their eating habits and and go ahead and and produce so. well can't you um like a corn stalk can't you like nip it off at the ground whenever it's like this tall and it'll turn around and come back up oh yeah we've had cows and uh you know once a corn's growing point is is underneath the ground for a good while you can cow can mow it off and man it'll just come pop right, right back, back up yeah. so it's a lot more resilient to than a bean, than a bean. and a bean a grow but I don't know. Corn's just more more acceptable to wildlife, except around the edge of the woods. You get those deer, or 
get squirrels or coons, you know, they can run up a stalk and yank an ear off and they go with it. But it's very minimal around. The- yeah. But yeah, beavers is, in the last five years, the beavers has drove us nuts. So. Yeah, people, I mean, it's crazy. People don't think about beavers coming into a cornfield yeah. and wiping it out, but they'll, they will do it. It looks like a silage chopper went through and just little <laughs> stubbles all the way down the road. They just whack her off. So, well, hopefully that covered, uh, covered a lot of the highlights on the on the field tile so there's, there's one thing we didn't talk about that always comes up why don't we put gravel around the pipe and how do we keep the mud out of it well the tile is uh, for the mud issue or silt you know it's a fine they call what they call fine knife they slip. call it micro knife slipped i mean there's sometimes you almost got to bend the pipe to even see so the way the the theory behind that, and I'm sure somebody can explain it better than me, is the uh, surface tension, the capillary tension of the water, actually has to be broke to get it to go through that slit. Yep. So it's small enough that it has to have a little bit of pressure to, to get it forced it in. into the pipe, um, which in a lot of ways keeps all the silt out of it. Your biggest concern at that point is you get enough silt around the outside of it that it and can't you know, get to that. The days we used to dig it in with the track hoe, and a trench fill halfway full of water and your pipe would float. And then mm-hmm. you could stand on this tile, hold it in the water. You can stand on it 10 minutes and get off of it. Nope, it's still empty. It. it just ain't got the pressure to get the water in there. So it's hard for the silt to get in. Uh, I guess some silt could get sent down yep. some risers. But usually if water is going down the riser, there's flow. And that's what I was going to say. We get so much flow with these 6, 8-inch rains. Right. We've got tiles that's just gushing, you know, on some of the And drains, usually whenever, that's the purpose of the retention area is the water comes in there, a lot of heavy silt will fall out fall of out. it before it ever goes in the pipe. If you let it sit there for just a few minutes, it you don't know, take a slow long. release. Yeah, it'll, it'll settle out. So. It don't take long. And what amazes me is uh, just like down here a couple of days ago on our farm, we dug up a clay tile. It's probably been there since the 60s. You know, dug that in with shovel. Some of them probably <laughs> cleanest could be inside. Ain't that something? Cleanest can be inside. Yeah, and I think you got to keep a certain slope. Now, if you're running tile fairly flat, you know, a four-inch tile, and you get a four-inch dip in it and back up, yeah, that gooseneck probably is gonna it becomes a trap. It's gonna become a silt trap. Got to keep for that you water moving, which goes back to the pl- the importance of the grade control on a pipe. Got to keep it great. If you're running any minute slope it's going to keep itself flushed out right right um you know i know out west in some places they do run some tile run some gravel around uh-huh. it but around here we see no benefit of it and could you imagine what it'd do to your tile cost oh you couldn't afford it with between between labor and materials it would triple your cost I don't know how you, there's ways they do it. I know they put it in, but it's not been a benefit for us around here. It's not yeah. like we're trying to. You're better off putting. Like pi- our basement. Right. Our repair job on your videos. We're trying to get water to go 10 feet down quick. Yeah, gravel. Right. The two acre field we got problems with, we might have to dig it up and throw some gravel underground basin in there but chris's idea for that's put a riser underground down flat <laughs> i want to put a riser underground that's got some holes in it and covered up with gravel and i'm not going to argue with you obviously my two repairs have yep. worked <laughs> you've done that two shots at it <laughs> i've shot all my bullets but, i've done it out you know in the years even the clay tiles never been graveled it's i don't see a, i don't see there the need is, for the added uh, expense 
there's millions of feet of clay tile on the ground around yeah. here, and a lot of it still works. Yeah. We got a lot of it on our farm down here, it still works. We had farms with it on there. Yeah, for sure. We a lot, nine right times out of ten, the clay tile don't fail. It's people destroy them yeah, and cause it. them to fail yep. is what ends up uh, what ends up happening to them. So, and uh, the clay tile, they're they're only like two foot pieces, mm-hmm. and then they just when they bury them in the ground, they just leave a half inch gap between those seams, and yep, that's where the water gets into. So here we got a half inch gap, keeping no mud in them, and we got a really fine knife slit. Yeah, and we're the somehow other, we're going to get sealed in the there. The other thing is is the ground. After the pipe is in the ground, everything's backfilled and it's not disturbed anymore. The ground itself's a filter. Yes, the water moving through the ground is clean. Yep. Yep. Uh, so clean. there there's no concern there of it. It's not continuously carrying silt to the pipe. The, the, the ground, water moves so slow, it ain't got it ain't moving dirt with it it's right just a small... especially like we hit one of those gravel seams that's just a natural yeah a natural filter so uh yeah we don't sock it we don't gravel it we don't do anything uh now, there's places in the nation they've got to right but they're they're soil i know like out west in what they call the peat ground of the peat moss or something they have to do a whole lot uh and i think it's just because the stuff in it's finer i don't know it might be i don't know the exact science uh, exact science Man, behind it. A... I look at like what Randy the Master Pipe Player and those mm-hmm. guys do up in Minnesota and that nasty stuff. And That's like a gumbo type stuff there. Plow right in. Plowed in. Uh, I've seen some videos. They're going like crazy up there in this frozen ground. Oh, I bet. Yeah. They're loving every minute of it up there. Usually yep. they're dealing with mud, but uh, but no, it's. Uh, we, man, I can't remember of digging up a single pipe that's failed because of silting. I haven't either. Issues. Sure I've got one we might tackle this spring. I don't know if it's silt issue. Um, I've done put it in twice. Oh, I think I it's backfill because it's like 16 foot trench, deep trench. I think we keep collapsing it, trying to get it backfilled with a track hole. For the record, I haven't worked on that one. You yet. have not worked on that. <laughs> I put it in once myself with a rented track hole. I had our other uh, dirt guy put it in. That's, and your, we, we uh, that's your two and out scenario there. Yeah, that's my two and out scenario there. I, <laughs> I throw in the towel. I've got a riser that about six inches is out of the water from the rest of it. has got a pond around it. I can't get the water out of the field. <laughs> so, all right, we'll wrap this one up here if you got some other stuff. There, there is one uh, farm I wish you had some previous data on, and we may be able to get some data on yep. it, I don't for sure, but it was the big towel job we did this spring. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, well, this was my first year farming. That's right. Um, but um, uh, this is uh, Matt's farm. I'm sure he's probably listening. Yep. But um, that farm had some clay tile on it a long time ago. Uh, was rented to a different farmer. And for years, there was parts of that farm that was never farmed. Yeah, that old blue blue clay, blue muck Right. we went through. And- but uh, we fi- we put in was it seventy thousand feet of pipe down there? You very well could have. Yeah, I don't know what. That um, but what amazed me about that one is, uh, especially in some of those fields plowing across them, because we were running some long runs. Is how much the dirt changes in a field. It changes pretty quick. Don't That's it? crazy. Uh, everybody thinks that that field you take one sample out of it and you know what it is, but it's yep. it's insane how much the dirt changes going across the field and. Which, uh, obviously, you guys can see on your yield maps. Oh, yeah. Yield maps, for sure. You know, a lot of people want to go back to the soil map 
um, every county or every area has got a soil map, you know, the nation has done, but that was done in the 40, 50, 60 years ago. Well, especially you know. down there when most of it floods. Yeah, so it changes so. quite a bit. So yeah, you can definitely see the soil type change, even digging how fast it changes from one right. drop to the other. So, but that that farm down there, I don't know. It's let's call it three hundred three hundred ishes acres. But um, I know the yield wasn't the best overall because it was your first time on it. But mm-hmm. you were able to at least get it all planted and harvested. Yes, yeah, which was a done. huge improvement over years uh, past. Years past. So yeah, uh, some of that was some pretty mucky, nasty stuff up in there. Yeah, well, the first time you looked at that farm, another farmer actually turned it down because it was too yeah, wet. too wet. They were trying. Now, they've done, Matt had said several years ago, trying to do some very sophisticated surface draining. Yeah, and there was remnants of that thing. Yeah, you know, they had some, it was crowned and, and ditched and trying to do some surface, but it had so much tillage work in the past year that that surface draining got messed up and started causing some problems. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. That goes back to everything's got to work as a system. You know, you put in this precise ditch for a mile, and yep. then one guy comes across the wrong way with a disc. Well, you know, too, when they put that in, they probably pulling six, eight-foot equipment. Right. Now, modern-day equipment comes in with a 30-foot disc. It's hard to get turned around or Going work with that same slope, you know, so... Well, I'm sure as time goes on, we'll get more and more data on that. But um, that one there was actually, he actually had a price of pattern tile at Hope yeah. Farm. And it was way up there. Yeah, well, what we did was a fraction of the cost. Yep. But I, it's like I told Matt, 
for a fraction of the cost, and we're not going to get you 100% of the benefit, but if we get you two-thirds of the way there for a fraction of the price. And the beauty of the tile is you can put a part of it in. Yeah, to go back and add Let the it. ground tell you what it needs or what you've, right. or how you've healed it or not healed it. Dig in, add to it, and run some take more nodules off, off of take it. Take off you know. again, yeah. You can always add to it. I mean, there ain't no sense of throwing money out there that's not needed, but no, you can always and, take steps Well, obviously, it. Matt already saw a huge benefit this year. I'm curious to see what uh, – because we – we literally put that tile in, you're planting right behind us. And I don't, I think it takes a, personally for me, it takes a year for that ground to heal. Right. Where we've plowed and, and getting the wormholes, getting the micronutrients, or not the micro, get the microbes working right. And, right, because all those, the, the worms, the crawfish, the whatever's in the ground, they all dig tunnels to that tile and, 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 let, and release that ground water. And move, out. yeah. So, but, well, Farmer Chris, you got anything else you want to add to this conversation? No. Since you're the self proclaimed tile expert? <laughs> Hard knocks. School of hard knocks. <laughs> I think me and you both started learning at the same time. We've come a long way in a short yeah. period of time, though. Um, I think that first year we put in about 5,000 feet. Yep. I think last year I put in about 130,000 feet. You know, just I had my theories on where tile need to go, and you come put your – you look at it, and, well, maybe we need to do this because I don't have my notes, but I mean, sometimes I've got tile going everywhere. And, yeah. Well, and, first thing I, had I get, to get fittings there, and we don't use half the fittings. I got the wrong fittings. <laughs> the first thing I had to teach Chris is you don't dig up middle of a ditch. <laughs> yeah, don't dig up middle. I want to go right middle of the ditch. <laughs> no, we're not going middle of the ditch, Chris. <laughs> but you know, in my theory too, it seems to be working. If we're doing erosion problem, if that's where it started washing out, that's where yeah, we put the first riser, riser because it's not washing from there up. You know. Yeah. And if we're doing a long run down a ditch, I've used the theory of about every 75 to 100 feet. Well, we need some to of that, um, you're completely correct on that's the easiest way to figure out where you need the first risers, where's yeah. the erosion start. Yep. And then it kind of comes down to how wide your equipment, where's your, where's your pass where's at. Where's your pass is at, yep. So if you can go three planter widths to the next one, which would mean, what, 90 yeah. feet, um, that kind of helps you out a little bit. Because at that point, it don't really matter if it's 10 feet one way or another. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then... I don't know. We usually go, what, every 100, 150 feet? I'm going to say every 100 feet, you know, between risers. Sometimes we go far. It depends on, I'm going to say, the, the slope. Yeah, and how many different valleys are feeding, feeding into that into one. Them. Yeah. One main valley. But I'm sure there'll be plenty more field tile videos coming up. A couple of the other videos I mentioned will be coming on my channel soon um, of the uh, work we did on our property and the neighbor's property down there. Uh, I know I've talked to some other farmers. We worked for um, Hauser and Cleavings and Garrett and, and we made some massive improvements. Uh, you might have got yourself into something you don't want to get get started. <laughs> yeah. Thanks to Farmer Chris, I've become the local <laughs> tile expert. But yep, I wish I had uh, Garrett on here to talk about uh, down there below Herbie's house or Herbie uh, Hermes house. Hermes house. Boy, I went down to visit you that day. That was a swamp down oh, there. Well, and to your point, uh, they had tried to dry it up twice themselves. Why is that twice a common thing? You try uh, it twice and you throw in the towel to somebody else. <laughs> uh, but the third time we went in there, and that one is on video, the <clears throat> third time we went in there and, and plowed up to that spring and Garrett said it's never been drier down there. It's <laughs> it's working working pretty good. And, well, the same one that we had to repair that uh, Jerry caved in with the dozer. Mm -hmm. That was a spring run down through that field that we just right. couldn't farm with no more, you know. <coughs> Excuse me. Man, yeah. that thing just kept gushing water the whole time we was working on it. Yeah, well, uh, talking about plowing through rock seams is uh, Edwards is up there. 
<laughs> oh, that was rough, wasn't it? <laughs> Everybody always wants to know how, what happens whenever you hit rock with the tile plow. Boy, you, and you can feel it as an operator, but man, those slabs there, we parked it that Saturday or whatever. And you can get through it to some extent. Yep. But honestly, if you can come across the ground, if you hear that rock, if you can just stay, stay right, right on above top it, of that's it, where the that's water's going to stop. That's and, the sweet and spot because the water stops moving down and starts moving Move horizontal, horizontal. Yep. and you you got it. But we didn't plow, but 1,500 feet on there and had a six-inch pipe running half full. Oh, yeah, it gushed from water out. It was it was crazy. So It's interesting to watch tile and water work underground. So it's uh, in, At least I don't have to plant rice if we can get it tiled. <laughs> I just want to cost everybody. What we do here works for us. Works for this county. It don't, matter, it don't mean it's going to work two counties over. It don't mean it's going to work in Minnesota. It don't mean it's going to work in California. It don't mean it's going to work in Oklahoma. Yep. Well, we rambled on so much, we melted the camera down now. <laughs> we outlasted the GoPro. Yeah. I don't know. It's all about smoking over there. Yeah, I hope it cools down. So. <laughs> but uh, I think that's going to be a wrap on this one. Yeah, that, that one's a good one there. So Anything else you'd Answers like to a lot of questions we, we've been getting. So Yeah, we get tons of comments about why we do it, how we do it, what's yep. the return, uh, what's the benefits, how does it work, yada, yada, yada. I think we covered them all. If we didn't, comment down yep. below. We'll try to catch them in the comments. I know you watch comments. Yep. So. Yeah, I'll keep an eye on it. So, so does I. So do I. We're going to try to get this one up on uh, all the other platforms as well, but it'll for sure obviously be on YouTube, so check it out. A few points are perfect. Got any questions or any suggestions for some future episodes, you can email us at a few points from perfect at yahoo.com. We're going to grab us some supper and maybe do another one. Knock them out. Thanks for listening, guys. Yep. Thank Later. you, guys. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.